Hey everybody, Stephen here from The Truth About Dyslexia. In today's episode, I wanted to do a bit of an update cast on what's working for me. So this is usually a mixture of different things that I'm testing, trialing in my life. Um, Just short, sharp, give you some ideas about what can help you, your dyslexic brain, your neurodiverse brain to really uh, get it working well. So in this episode, we're going to be talking about naming your brain and how that works. We're going to talk about a couple of things I'm trying in my diet um, and how I'm going with my 12-month health challenge. I thought it'd be good to share what's really working. So let's dive in. Okay, so Update Cast is my favorite podcast because I can kind of, you know, with a few constraints, go on a few different tangents and explain what's working for me personally. And if you're like me, half the time what you require to take action is the seed of a good idea that seems plausible, a reason for why it works, and a couple of tips on how to get started. You know, that's usually the seed to how a lot of things start in my life. So with this podcast, it's pretty much, I'm going to throw three or four seeds out and see which one grows for you. So what's working for me? Let let me actually start with a bit of a recap of the last three months. I just looked at the date when I was recording this, and we're nearly at the end of March. It's not far away. And with a lot of what I do with my focus is I look about, give or take, 11, 12 months out. And then what I do is I kind of break it into three month sprints because 12 months is just my brain doesn't work with that type of timeline. You know, I can't really stay motivated that long. Three months in itself feels like a lifetime some days, but three months is doable. 12 months, where does it go, right? And so looking back over the last three months, I'm really looking at the health side of my goals and what's been working. So for me, as I've mentioned in previous podcasts, consistency is one of the most challenging things for us with dyslexia. You know, we're always wanting to go to the next shiny object, think that the best way forward is to change what we're doing and not actually build any momentum. (laughs) That was my MO for at least 20 years of my life, I swear. And, uh, you know, I'd get I'd start doing something, I'd, I'd get it off the ground, it was working, and then I'd jump out of the plane with a parachute and fly to earth. <laughs> and so, you know, I listened to this, you know, I listened to this guy, the CEO of this massive company. I can't remember his name. I can't remember the company. But he went into this company that was really struggling, really struggling with identity um, and consistency as well. And he went into this company and he said, we're going to become the safest company in the US of A. Now, if you know who I'm talking about, let me know because I'll put it in the show notes. But they they basically were going to become the safest company. And they had thousands of staff and everyone was like, what is he talking about? That's not going to help us grow as a business. It's not going to do XXX. But he was adamant, we're going to be the safest company. So anything that went wrong, he would be on top of it from a safety perspective. You know, he built this culture over a couple of years of safety first. We look after our fellow man. We look after our team. Our team is so vital to us. All of this stuff. So he focused on this one ideal. And what happened after a couple of years is the company grew. It became stronger, better, healthier as a company. It was more profitable. The team were happier. All this stuff happened as a side effect of this one focus. And everyone was like, why has he done it this way? And, you know, it took me a bit of time. I listened and thought about it. But it's about having something you can really get behind and focus on that feels 
achievable and that you can reach your expectations of. And by doing that, the side effect is other good things happen in your life. You know, if you set goals and expectations that are 10x what's possible, guess what's going to happen? Reality is not going to live up to that. And that's what causes pain, unhappiness. I've been listening to this great book by Mo DeWatt called The Solve of Happiness. I'm terrible with book names. It's blue with a smiley face on it. <laughs> if you get the audio book, it's really good, really interesting. Listen, um, and you know he talks about it as well. It's around expectations not being met, and so by setting such a clear expectation and putting all the energy and belief behind it, it created something valuable, and that's what I'm doing this year with my health because I've tried everything else and it hasn't worked. And so for me, my three things were walking six times a week meditating six times a week and giving up the booze, giving up alcohol. That's it. Nothing else. And I focused on that for the last three months. And, you know, I feel a million times better. You know, I haven't, you know, I've lost, I know I've lost weight. I've added muscle. I'm feeling healthier. Uh, my energy's starting to come back, which is really cool. I'm starting to notice it in my sleep patterns. And I'm starting to just notice it on my actions I'm taking. I'm eating better. I'm, you know, just a lot of stuff. Does this mean I'm perfect at everything? No, but I'm enjoying the journey of it and I'm seeing the rewards come over time. Now that first month was quite slow. Not a lot changed, but month two, I started to see it. Month three, I'm starting to see it more. And I'm just so focused on those three things. I'm sober. I walk six times a week, which I'm really loving. And I make sure I carve out at least... Um, for me, it's 23 minutes for, for a meditation six times a week, which is something I'd let drop off. You know, you know, we all have these great dreams of doing everything perfectly, but I'd let it drop off. And by doing that, I'm feeling freaking amazing. And what's also happening is I'm getting those, starting to see those side effects. I'm starting to go, what else could I tweak in my life? And not get too attached to the outcome or the result, but because my energy is coming back, because, you know, I'm sober is probably a good thing as well. You know, all these things are starting to appear. I'm asking myself, what could I do differently? So like I'm testing things like I went and did a biomagnetism session, which was really valuable. I should do a pod on that as well separately. I um, I've started looking at my gut health and probiotics. I've got no like fixed results or fixed have tos around it. But just by feeling better, I'm like asking myself, what else could change to or improve? And, and, you know, it just kind of starts to become this momentum snowball. And it's all because of these three things that I'm going to do for the rest of the year. You know, that's it. I'm not going to create the old way of me adding ridiculous targets. I'm going to assess it every three months and say, do I want to tweak anything? And to be honest, next quarter, I just want to do exactly the same things. Those three things are number one. I might add a little bit of kettlebell, a few kettlebell swings, but keep it to a point where I don't feel like I'm starting to layer so much stuff on top of each other that I, I know I'm either going to quit, I'm going to fail, I'm going to get frustrated, uh, and then I'll just throw it all away. Does that make sense? Have you ever felt that way? I'm sure you know we've all felt in some facet of our lives, whether it's health or business or work or family. you know. So that's what's working for me. Keeping those really simple, consistent, repetitive things that I enjoy. I enjoy all three of those things. I enjoy being sober once I've gone through the first few weeks. I enjoy walking, gives me my freedom. I enjoy meditating because it reminds me that I'm in control of my time and my mind. 
So yeah, that's the first thing I want to share on this update cast. The second thing was, as I'm listening to this this book, Soul for Happiness, I believe it is, um, which is kind of like looking at happiness from an engineer's perspective and how you could actually create long-lasting happiness from you know, a better place. I'm really, really enjoying it. I'm not fully through it, but the piece I'm up to now is really good. But one of the bits I loved and I wanted to share with you guys is something he said about how he names his brain. Now, I've, I've heard this in different facets over the years. It hasn't really stuck with me for whatever reason, but the way he said it really did is that I've got this great belief, and a lot of people out there do as well, that you know your mind is a tool like your arms, your legs, your feet, your hands, they're tools. Your mind is not who you are. Your consciousness, you know, however you want to name this, there's different names for it, you know, is separate to your mind. Does that make sense? So your consciousness is separate to your mind, and your mind is a tool of your consciousness. Your arms are a tool of your consciousness. They're all tools of your consciousness, your being. And so what I loved about what he said is he mentioned he calls his brain Becky. And I don't know, I just got this picture of this California surfing woman living in his head. <laughs> I don't know why. It's always interesting to see what, what connections we have, right? It was living in his head. And he, you know, when Becky would pipe up and start to, to annoy him or start to say things that didn't add value to his day or his moment, he'd say, Becky, let's talk about this later. And I just loved that visual. <laughs> and so um, I, can, I can tell it's going to take a while to cultivate that. But I'm also going to play and, and, and play with my mind. I might even call it Becky as well. I'm, I'm just playing with the name at the moment. You've kind of got to find a name that doesn't have too many connotations in the real world. Or you get the visual of that person as your mind. Whatever you visualize your mind as is perfect. But it's you've got to make a choice if you're going to do this in the long term, right? So... But but it's a really good way of how you remind yourself of self of that separation because when you're struggling or when you're right in the deep pits of getting frustrated at life, you I'll tell you what I've found is my consciousness and my mind feel exactly the same, and not in a good way. You would think them working in unison is good, but when when I feel my mind takes over my consciousness, that means I've I've kind of taken my hands off the steering wheel. It's usually when I've stopped meditating. It's usually when I'm at burnout. It's usually when I'm doing a million things at once. Those two become the same thing. And it just it just feels like the car's not going in the right direction. I don't know how to stop it. So I use meditation to help me get bridge that gap. But I just love this idea of naming my mind something separate to me. Just to kind of continuously embed that realization, if that makes sense. So hopefully that's good. The other things, again, the other last two things I was going to mention is I'm always looking at new supplements that will help me. I'm always on, on that kind of zone. You know, so two that I'm using, I'm using grape seeds, you know, really, really um, intensely packed in grape seed uh, extract. You know, a lot of that's really to do with uh, blood pressure, blood flow. A lot of us with dyslexia uh, and other fun neurodiversities, we sit on a very high cortisol level. And so, you know, our bodies always, you know, our bloodstream is always intensely, sometimes over agitated. So I'm testing out different things to help give my body some extra love in that department. So that's one of the things I'm using to trial it. I feel it has helped a bit. I do feel better after it in the day. And I feel it just gives myself that little bit of extra support uh, in that space that I hadn't. 
again, a great side effect of me doing my cons three consistent things and looking at this stuff. The other piece that I've really boosted is, is high dose EPA fish oil. Now I see this a lot. You see a lot around dyslexia and other neurodiversities. Um, you know, fish oil, omega-3 is always something that's spoken about. Now, the research I've done says that the EPA, and I'm not going to get this right, I'm not a nutritionist or a doctor, but uh, it's EPA side of, of it. Um, if you can high dose that at about, I want to say one gram is the amount a day, it's going to massively impact your mood, your, your self-feelings, your self-awareness, the works. And so for me, um, I'm taking a bit over a thousand milligrams a day, um, and I definitely notice my mood increase. It's just valuable. I just become more calm, more pointed, and like I can take on different challenges that appear better. So it's just something to keep an eye out for. There's some great podcasts on it. Tim Ferriss does a lot on, on this type of thing really well. And so, yeah, it's, it's an important one to listen to and to consider. Like if you have struggled um, in that way, maybe add it to your list of nutritional supplements on your next uh, round. If you're like me, you've definitely tried a bunch over the years. And uh, these are the two at the top of my list. So, yeah, that's what I want to share today, guys. Hopefully you've enjoyed that update cast. Hopefully it's given you a seed to plant and to try, to test. Um, there may be something in it that you really connect with. Uh, if you're on Spotify, you can reply. I think it automatically puts a question up now. Um, and anywhere else, you can always get in touch with us uh, at truthaboutdyslexia.com. So have a fantastic rest of the day, and I'll be back on Thursday.